Hi, my name is Con Kutikus and this is A Couple with a Conversationalist, an entertaining, educational and informative program with a broad array of guests with unique perspectives and experiences. And for more information about my coaching and workshops, visit my website at www.concootsicus.com. Welcome to another episode of A Couple with a Conversationalist. My name is Con and I am the Conversationalist. And yes, as always, I have my latte in tow. Today, we're going to be speaking bowel cancer. And it used to be considered an old person's disease, but statistics tell us that it is now the number one killer of 25 to 30-year-olds by cancer. And it's up from number nine 40 years ago. My guest today to share his story uh, and raise awareness of of bowel cancer uh, is Nick Lee. Welcome, Nick. Welcome, Colin. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Nick is a corporate health expert and co-director and partner of Healthy Minds and chairman of chairman and founder of the Jody Lee Foundation. Nick was a 2015 SA South Australian of the Year finalist and was awarded the 2013 Social Entrepreneur of the Year for the Central Region by Ernst & Young. In 2022, Nick was awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia, receiving this recognition for his service to the community through the not-for-profit sector with the Jody Lee Foundation and his commitment to raising awareness for the early detection and prevention of bowel cancer. Uh, again, Nick, welcome to the program. Good to be here, Con. Uh, it's 2008. You've got a beautiful family. Uh, you're working as a director of a multinational consumer goods company. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, you've got pretty good reason to be happy and optimistic about the future. Uh, however, that changed uh, in an instant. Uh, take it from there, if you would. Yeah, so uh, we were in, in Vietnam as director at Unilever, and um, I don't know uh, whether you've been to Vietnam, Con, but it's a wonderful place, beautiful people. We were having the time of our lives, two young kids. Uh, when we moved over to Vietnam, my daughter, Bella, was only two years old and, and Jack was four, and um, uh, it was a Thursday night, and I was away with my team in um, Hanoi. We were based in Ho Chi Minh City, and Jody, 39 years old, gives me a phone call and says, look, I've got some abdominal pain and I'm not really sure what it is. And um, I didn't know anything about bowel cancer. I thought mm. it was an older person's um, disease. Uh, Jody was, as I said, 39, fit, healthy. She didn't have any family history. So, look, I wasn't concerned at that time, um, but I was concerned enough to say um, or suggest to Jody that she go off and see um, a GP, which she did the next morning. So Friday morning, off to see the GP, uh, an Australian lady. And fortunately, she very quickly recognised that there was a block in Jody's bowel and um, had some scans done immediately. And the results of those scans came back at uh, three o'clock that afternoon, showing that there was a block in her bowel. And an ambulance turns up at our house at 11pm that same night. Kids are fast asleep. Uh, I'm still away with my team in, in Hanoi and Jody's taken to Ho Chi Minh Airport where she's airlifted at low level to Bangkok for emergency surgery because what the scan showed was a tumour had almost entirely blocked her bowel um, and they were worried if they flew her at normal altitude that she might burst her bowel. Yeah. 
Um, and that's one of the issues with bowel cancer. Um, they call it the silent killer for that reason. Often it doesn't throw up the early warning signs like you might get with uh, many other diseases. Uh, so I made my way as quickly as I could from um, Hanoi to Bangkok to be with Jody for the surgery. And that went really well. They removed a piece of Jody's colon um, about um, six inches long uh, to get rid of the tumour. Uh, but three days after that, a specialist came to see us. And um, it was quite bizarre because Bormanngrad Hospital in, in Bangkok is this massive public hospital. And right at the main reception area, where a heap of people coming backwards and forwards and asking different questions, this chap sits down to go through Jody's prognosis. And shortly into the conversation, Jody felt a bit faint and thought, I'll go up to my, my room. And I'm left there with the specialist and a lot of medical speak before the obvious question was, what does all that mean? Mm. Um, and he told me that the cancer had spread to her lymph and her liver. It was stage four bowel cancer. And at best, she had two years to live. So you can imagine that hit me like a sledgehammer um, from a few short days before that being on top of the world to receiving that news just was devastating. And I walked up to Jody's room and I'll never forget putting my hand on the door handle and thinking, you know, what am I going to say to her? Yeah. How do you tell someone you love that at best they've got two years to live? And I sat outside that room for what felt like an hour. It was probably uh, only a few minutes, walked in, decided that sharing the time frame wasn't going to help Jody, but um, said that we needed to race back to South Australia where both of our families lived to commence treatment. And um, that period of time was particularly tough. Uh, she went through multiple rounds of chemo. She had three major abdominal operations, uh, a treatment called radiospheres. We even tried Chinese medicine. Nothing seemed to, to work. And um, uh, we realised in August 2009 that we'd pretty much run out of treatment options. Um, so we did what I hope will be the hardest conversation I ever have to have in my life, and that's to tell my two young kids that their mum was going to die. And we didn't want to scare them, um, but we wanted to give them an opportunity to talk to us about what was on their mind. And at that point, we thought Jody had uh, about 12 months to live. But unfortunately, shortly after that conversation and just before her 42nd birthday, um, back on January 16, 2010, uh, she passed away from the bowel cancer. Um, so, yeah, that was the really the, the trigger for setting up the uh, the Joe Lee Foundation. Just, I, you know, it's hard to describe to your listeners, um, you know, when you go through something like that, the impact that it has on you and, and of course, your family and, and other friends. And I just had this overwhelming compulsion that I wanted to do everything that I could to prevent others going through um, what I went through. So um, that was the main main reason I, I set up the foundation back in August uh, 2010. Goodness me. I guess my first question, Nick, th were there any other symptoms? Looking looking back on it, and, and hindsight's a, a wonderful thing, did, yeah. were there any other symptoms that, that may have indicated there was a problem? Look, there was a, a couple of... Um, you know, and, and of course, you can't really stop yourself going back and thinking yeah. about that question, Colin, yeah, not that it yeah. probably helps you at that time. But um, we did that exercise. And, and I think, um, you know, there was times where Jody felt low in, in iron and, and or low in energy, which um, was a, 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 a lowness in her um, iron levels. Um, 
you know, about four weeks before she woke up in the middle of the night with really strong abdominal pain, um, which she said felt like contractions. Um, but, you know, we're living in Vietnam. It came and mm. went. And so you don't really think too much of it. And look, in reality, um, four weeks prior to, to her going off to see the doctor, it wouldn't have um, changed her outcome. No. Um, but, yeah, that that is the... The big issue with uh, bowel cancer symptoms, often they can be passed off as, you know, either other things, particularly in younger people, um, mm. or just, you know, things that everybody has to deal with. You know, she had a little bit of bloating, she had a bit of low low energy, and, you know, of course, that can be a whole host of things. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, as I said to you before we started recording, I, I, I've done a little bit of research because, again, not to not to detract from your story, but to to add awareness to the listeners uh, and the viewers. Uh, I've my family has been directly impacted uh, by bowel cancer, and so uh, I'm my level of awareness is is quite high uh, on a personal level as well. But it, it's it was always considered an old person's disease. Uh, and, and statistics that I saw certainly indicated a significant uh, um, increase in uh, detection or, or diagnosis of, of a younger demographic. And what you shared with me absolutely blew me away, uh, that it's now the number one uh, killer by cancer in 25 to 30-year-olds, uh, and 40 years ago it was number nine. And so there's there has to be something there. It can't just be, you know, fate or or whatever. There's there's got to be some reason. What are your thoughts behind that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And look, I there's a lot of research going on into into that, and there's not a, a current definitive answer. But of course, I've been in this space for fourteen years, so whilst mm. I'm not a medical specialist, I've had quite a bit of experience and. For me, it's a few things. Um, and when you look at less developed countries like Vietnam and like um, some other Asian uh, countries where, well, let's just take Vietnam, for example, mm. there's uh, people are moving a lot more throughout the day um, and they're eating fresher foods. And I think that... Those two things are a really, really big thing that has caused the elevation of bowel cancer in developed countries. So um, we're moving less because we don't need to. Everything's becoming more mm. um, convenient. Uh, exercise is such a wonderful way of reducing um, your risk of, of bowel cancer and many other diseases. Um, and we know from a study that came out of the US that people with a sedentary lifestyle have a 24% greater risk of colorectal cancer. Um, so that whole movement and exercise, and I'll sort of bucket those together for the purposes of this discussion, is, is really, really critical. And uh, whilst on one hand it helps you protect bowel cancer, on the other hand, if you do have a sedentary lifestyle, it significantly um, increases your, your risk. So that's one factor. I think the second factor um, comes down to diet. And I think the increase in ultra-processed foods 
is a big factor. Um, and when you look at different diets around the world and you look at relationships with disease, including bowel cancer, there's very much a linear relationship between the increase in ultra-processed foods and these types of uh, diseases. And of course, there's um, you know increasing prevalence in, in Australia of diabetes. There's a connection there with, with bowel cancer. Obesity, there's a connection there with uh, with bowel cancer. So um, diet, I think, plays um, a really important role. And um, it's something that I'd love your listeners to have a think about. Look, it's it's probably impractical that we uh, we only um, eat raw um, foods, but I have a, um, a pretty simple philosophy when it comes to diet, and that's um, an 80-20 rule. So 80% of uh, low human intervention food. So if you can recognise the the food, it's probably good for you to, to eat. If it's in a in a packet with a whole list of ingredients and it's ultra processed, then uh, uh, it's not necessarily good for you. So um, I have uh, and try as much as I possibly can to have that eighty twenty um, split, which you know for me is uh, I've found pretty easy to. Uh, to, to maintain but mm. you've got to shop from the outsides of the supermarket you know your yeah, fresh yeah. foods yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. the uh the middle aisles which are chock full of ultra processed foods unfortunately yeah yeah touche raging awareness is obviously for for the for the demographic is really important but one little stat that i stumbled upon which I found fascinating, and I kind of related that back to my mum, which I'll share in a moment, that one of the problems there's uh, doctors are not necessarily are aware of perhaps bowel cancer being an issue when younger demographic go to them with, with a particular health issue. So the age of the patient... Uh, ha- has been a barrier of the doctor recognizing and going, hey, I think we need to go and get you tested for, you know, for bowel cancer. But instead, they're they're determining that it may be something else. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we we hear that a lot, um, Con, and and mm. when you consider bowel cancer is ninety nine percent preventable if it's detected early, Mm. we need to start to change these and jump on the symptoms really quickly, whether you're 20 years old or you're 80 years old. And um, we find a lot of those stories where people have presented to their GP with very clear symptoms of bowel cancer and being told they're too young for bowel cancer and a lot of other things explored before finally getting on to, um, you know, the the, the bowel cancer uh, potential risk and, and often then it's too late. In fact, there was this um, police lady on the Gold Coast um, who we got um, connected with and her story was that she had... Um, four kids uh, and she was pregnant at the time that she was experiencing these symptoms. So three other other kids and uh, as well as pregnant with with her fourth. And um, she was quite young. She was uh, in her late 30s, similar to Jodie. And um, she was going back to her GP um, with this abdominal pain. And the GP was saying, well, look, it's part of your pregnancy and um, and probably in his mind thinking that she was too young for bowel cancer. And having had previous kids and having both boys and girls, she kind of thought, no, this is not right. Um, 
and went and saw a sort of second opinion and was told the same thing, um, a third opinion, but that 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 sort of to and froing went on for for quite some time, um, and by the time she was diagnosed with bowel cancer. Um, she was stage four. Um, she died shortly after, you know, leaving four kids under the age of 15. Um, so there's some often tragic outcomes with, you know, potential misdiagnosis. So um, for us, that's an important part of what we do, trying to not only raise awareness in the public to empower people. And what we've got a, a campaign called Trust Your Gut. And that's all about encouraging Australians when they feel something is wrong, acting quickly and continuing to go back for um, uh, for opinions if you don't think whatever you've been given to do is actually working for you. Um, so that's, that's really important. And the other aspect to that is educating um, GPs on looking out for the warning signs and being aware that this is no longer an older person's disease. Whilst the government is currently um, sending screening tests out to people from 50 and above, that's purely a cost benefit based on statistics. And the statistic you read out before is that a lot of younger people are getting this disease. So we need to start to recognise that and um, act accordingly. And I have a lot of empathy for, for GPs because they've got, uh, you know, a lot of patients and they haven't got a lot of time. And uh, often... Um, uh, Australians find it embarrassing to talk about the fact that they saw some blood um, when they went to, to the toilet. And, you know, we've all got um, bowels. We all go to the toilet. It's it's yeah. something that we shouldn't be embarrassed talking about um, and we have to talk about it. And so that's something that we're also um, very much focused on. Mm. And, again, it was always when both my parents died from bowel cancer, as I mentioned, but this is... 15 odd years ago now uh, and they were in there um mum was nearly 80 and uh, dad was 84 or 85 but going back to the gp my mum had been presenting for at least two years prior with bleeding from the bowel and he put it down to her blood thinners mm. two years yeah until, and until eventually she was taken to hospital for a heart condition. One thing led to another, led to another, led to another, stage four bowel cancer. Mm. And so we just typically we're, I think humans are, um, uh, I guess, intimidated by their doctors, you know, because the doctor is supposed to be, I guess the, and I say this in a nice way, the know-it-all, you know, the professional. Uh, and so we're intimidated and we go, oh, okay, well, if you reckon that's it. But but what you're saying about trust your gut is just so important. Um, you know, you, you have to keep asking questions. You have to keep going back until you find the answer. Yeah, and your history, Con, um, points to some a couple of really big factors. So um, with your mum noticing some some bleeding, um, that is, and I want your listeners to, to understand too, mm. that that is the most important thing to, to look at. We also have mm. another program that we run um, with a national pharmacy chain called View Your Poop. And that was uh, encouraging Australians to have a look when they went to the toilet. Um, and if they saw any blood, 
um, to get off and see the see the GP. So that's um, one really important aspect. By far and away, that's the most important um, symptom to to watch out for. And the other aspect to your um, story, because I understand your your brother also was um, diagnosed with mm. with bowel cancer, is the the family history component. So between twenty to thirty percent of cases each year um, have a link to family history. So you mentioned to me before we came on air how. Um, conscious you are of it and uh, it's really important because I had no idea of my parents family history and Jodie didn't understand her family history prior to her being diagnosed so um, you know we've just had Christmas and hopefully a lot of people got together with their families we should be having these conversations with our families and understand what our history is and then uh, um, make sure that we do all that we can to uh, mm. to minimize our risk if uh, if it is a familial disease. Going back one step, was there any history on Jodie's side of the family out of out of interest? No, there wasn't. There was some breast cancer in her family, but not bowel cancer, so unrelated to mm. Jodie's bowel cancer. Look, and and that's um, you know from what we know right now, Con. So there's a lot of breakthroughs happening in the area of genetics. So maybe. Um, you know, there may be something that uh, was going on for for Jody that we weren't clear on at the at the time. Um, but, but fortunately, um, uh, my kids, there was a, a particular gene that if it had been passed down to my kids, they would have been significantly predisposed to to bowel cancer. So I had all that tested, checked out, and uh, fortunately, they didn't have that um, that gene. So mm-hmm. they'll keep uh, testing anyway uh, because they should. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, there's that, not that uh, mm. gene present. Okay, you, you just mentioned something that I wasn't aware of, and I'm really fascinated to explore. There's there's genetic testing available. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So um, we had uh, some tissue samples um, from from Jody for that specific reason. You know, the kids were six and eight when Jody died, so very very young. And so it was really important for me to understand um, their, you know, whether this gene had been passed down, and then um, I would have been able to get some advice around what I should do. Um, about that. So uh, that's something that there's been a huge amount of breakthroughs um, in the last few years. I mean, a classic example is we had not that, uh, well, some some years ago, a, a participant in our New York Marathon um, event, which is one of the events we do to raise money and awareness. And a uh, uh, young guy, 28 years old, no uh, family history to speak of. And uh, uh, he had a positive test only because he was you know, part of the foundation group and he wanted to understand what it was all about. Mm. Did the test, got a positive result, um, and they found 100 polyps in his bowel and he had absolutely no idea. Um, so there's something going on there, whether that was a genetic thing. At the time, they couldn't find a, a genetic um, link, but um, there's something going on there for, for that individual to have that many um, polyps. So, yeah, it's important that um, uh, people know as I said, their family history. And if they want to take that step to go to some genetic testing, um, you know, that's something that's available. Okay. So how would they approach that? And and I say that out of like obviously concern for, for my kids. I've I've got I've got two children. Uh so both my parents have have uh, succumbed to bowel cancer. Uh, I have a brother who um was diagnosed with bowel cancer and and because of his uh, lack of, and I say this as a to absolutely emphasise the warnings that you know and the awareness that you're trying to raise with the audience here. Um, we were told categorically by my my mum's specialist that 
uh, as as kids, we needed to um, uh, we needed to get tested because we had a higher, uh, obviously higher, uh, you know, uh, likelihood of, uh, of of bowel cancer. Uh, and he was the only one that didn't go off and get tested. Um, so, what can my kids do? Is is there anything specifically they can do, or were you only able to do that genetic testing because you had a sample from from Jody? Well, I, I, I was only able to do that um, testing because I had a, a sample from Jody, and I've still okay. got those samples. Um, okay. So, you know, fourteen years later, I'm thinking that I'll do some research um, again and see if there has been any breakthroughs and and get that um, Mm. tissue tested again if there has. Um, But a great place to start is your your GP and have a conversation with your your GP um, and they can refer you to a genetic counsellor if they think it's a good idea or a a medical geneticist. Um, I, uh, uh, it was kind of, I got referred through my um, oncologist at the, or Jody's oncologist Mm. at the time. So uh, yeah, there's definitely um, probably the the best place for people to start if they are concerned um, about a family history and then perhaps want to take that next step is Mm. a conversation with the GP. I'm curious that gentleman that you were speaking about before that they found a hundred polyps, what was his outcome? So great outcome because he got to it early. And look, there wouldn't have been a GP in the country at the time that would have said, Tom, you need to go and and, uh, get a a bowel screening test. So he was very, very lucky. Uh, He is now um, 38 years old. He's married. He's got um, two young kids and he's uh, continuing to run. Um, so he'll live a long, healthy, happy life thanks to to acting as quickly as he as he did. And I, I you know, clearly there was a a, a big um, amount of luck involved there because he he uh, was part of the Joe Lee Foundation team. So um, yeah, uh, I think that the key thing there comes back to that for particularly for younger people um, that cold trust your gut principle. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't feel right, get off and see your GP. Mm. And interesting, like we were talking about uh, other symptoms that Jody may have had when you when you look back, and fatigue was was one of the things that. But you put it down to a whole raft of of potential uh, reasons. Uh, a friend of my daughter's, uh, Angelo, thirty years old, fit, healthy young man. Uh, probably for about six, eight months, fatigue, bit of weight loss, figured that it was just his exercising. Bottom line, gets tested, stage four bowel cancer, dead at 32. Oh. This is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, this is, it, it's, it's, it's so preventable if you get it early, trust your gut, I just I can't stress it enough. It's just it's yeah, it's just scary. Nick, and I think males, uh, particularly con, um, it's important. You know, the mortality between females. Sorry, the the incidence between females and males is about fifty fifty. But the mm. mortality is higher in men because we are just slow to get to it. So, okay. um, it's it's a it's an important message your message to all your listeners, um, but do think about it as as the, the male listeners because we typically, um, 
you know, don't end up going to see the GP until there's something really, really wrong. With, with bowel cancer, it's one of those diseases you want to know about it, you want to act quickly, and if you do act quickly and it's caught early, your prognosis is brilliant. Mm. If you catch it at stage four, like the person in your, your story and like Jody, Jody. Um, the prognosis is grim. Mm. It, it's, yeah, so, so, so true. Oh, it's, somebody said to me, if you want to get, if, if you have to have a cancer, bowel cancer is probably the one you want uh, early. Yeah. Really early. Um, and so stay on top of it. Uh, yeah, again, this is about raising awareness uh, for our listeners. Look, Nick, what I want to do... Um, is, is move on to the to the foundation, uh, and if you could share, I guess firstly, what was I understand the motivation was was Jody's passing, but what was the behind that starting the foundation, and tell us about the work that the foundation does, please. Yeah, so I guess there was two motivations. One is a very clear motivation, which is um, a personal motivation, mm. uh, given the impact of of losing losing someone you you love. The other was in those statistics that we've been talking about. Um, you know, I didn't have a, uh, a medical background, so I couldn't really contribute to coming up with a cure, but I had a background in, in corporate and, and marketing and, and sales. And so I felt like if I could just encourage people um, to protect themselves, we had an opportunity to make a difference. And I'm really proud of the impact that we've had um, over that 14 years, loads of early detection stories. And it's Prevalent, you mentioned second leading cancer killer in in all Australians, leading cancer killer in 25 to 34-year-olds, um, and 99% preventable if caught early, up to 99% preventable. So prevalent and preventable. So all of the initiatives of the foundation are built around um, prevention. And our vision is to beat this disease. And when you consider it is so preventable, despite it being so prevalent, I can see a future where no Australian has to die of this disease. Uh, we're a long way off that. We've got a big job to do. But um, uh, with a vision to beat this disease, we have four very important messages for people to protect themselves. B is be active and healthy. And I talked about that diet and lifestyle factors um, before. E is to explore your family history, and we talked about that in relation to, to your situation, Con and my kids. Um, a is to act on symptoms. We talked about um, some of those symptoms, particularly blood when you go to the, the toilet, abdominal pain, weight loss, um, uh, bloating, uh, they're all a change in bowel habits. They're all key symptoms to watch out for. And T is to take the simple test. So the government send that out when uh, people turn 50. We're hoping that they're going to lower the age given those uh, prevalence of statistics in younger people. Um, but you can also get one of those um, tests through our website, um, through the Cancer Council website or through pharmacies. Um, so there's uh, easy access to those simple tests. Um, they're not particularly expensive. They cost about $40 um, and really, really important to, to do. So with our... With, that message so we're really just trying to get out with that message to as many people as we possibly can and i talked about some of our initiatives you know view your poo um talking shit we've got oh sorry talking shit is another campaign that we're raising awareness <laughs> in uh, rural and remote areas with gavin langanine and uh, and murph hughes um and uh trust your trust your gut so all sorts of 
key initiatives to try and raise that level of awareness. We have a lot of partnerships. So we, you know, partner with AFL and we partner with corporates and we partner um, with other organisations to get that message out there, like the pharmacies in that sort of medical health um, space as well. Um, we do a lot on social media. We run a lot of events, which are not only great ways to raise awareness and um, uh, raise money for the foundation, but also get people moving more. So uh, a lot of this information about what we do sits on our website. If anybody is interested in exploring it further, or we'd love your listeners to to join some of our events. We've got a, a trek here in South Australia coming up in uh, in May, which is always a really popular one. But um, lots of work um, that we do, lots of early detection stories. But as I mentioned, Con, um, a really, really big job to to ahead of us to try and lower those statistics. Yeah, it is. It is a big job indeed. Um, Nick, what we will do uh, for the benefit of the viewers and listeners, uh, any links that you can help us with in terms of your website, uh, your programs, your uh, your fundraisers, anything uh, like that, um, forward those to me, and we'll put those in the show notes for uh, the listeners and viewers and. Um, uh, we implore you, uh, don't don't put it off. If something doesn't feel right, act on it. Uh, and we talk about uh, you mentioned uh, Nick about um, men. I guess it, it's a it's almost a, a social um, uh, thing for us. We've been told, you know, you got to be tough. You know, suck it up. Don't do that. You know, you're all right. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, and of course. You know, we know as men, prostate cancer and bowel cancer are two of the biggest killers. Um, so what's your message to, to the blokes out there? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not one to stick your, your head in the sand. You're absolutely right. You just got to act. Um, and, you know, it's – I've, of course, seen the other side. So mm. um, I can speak with firsthand knowledge of the impact that it has and how broad that impact is across – um, family and friends, you know, I have kids who've had to to grow up without a, a mother and, uh, you know, we all love Jodie dearly and uh, she had a large group of friends that were all uh, very much impacted. So the ramifications are really, really broad. So if you're not prepared to do it for yourself um, because you have that kind of, um, I'll just get over it or I'll be mm. all right, um, uh, hardwired into you, do it for your family and, and friends. It's just um, so important. It's, I guess it's um, my biggest frustration, Con, is the fact that we haven't been able to convince more people to act because I know if we had, uh, we would have saved many more lives. Um, so my plea to all your listeners is uh, is just be conscious, be aware, um, and then if you don't feel right, act. And, you know, you, when you do get your screening test from the government when you turn 50, make sure you do it. Um, at the moment, when Australians first get that test, um, when they're first eligible at the age of 50, only 33% of Australians complete it. So it just points that to right? the challenge, yeah, that we've got uh, convincing people to act. What are your What are your thoughts? How can we How can we increase 33? Staggering. I would have thought it would have been a lot higher. Yeah, and it's you know what. It's interesting because, and this probably points to one of the problems, is the re-participation rate. So 
once someone's done the test once, the re-participation rate is up around 80%. Okay. So people are going to go, okay, sheesh, that was easy. I thought it was icky. I thought it was yucky. Yeah, it's a bowel yeah. screening test. I don't yeah. want to do it. Um, they've done it once and they realize how simple it is. So our, part of our big challenge is getting convincing people to do it um, for the first time because we know if they do, they're highly likely to, to do it again. Um, and look, the other thing that we know is that partners play a really important role in nudging their partner yeah. um, to to actually take the take the test um, and GPS um, play an important role as well um, because of that level of credibility that, that that they have so you know have a relationship with your, your GP um, encourage your family and friends to to take the test and if I'm talking to you as an individual um, do it it's so simple and it may save your life and, and let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners and viewers, doing a stool sample is a lot easier than changing and cleaning your colostomy bag. Yeah, and you, you let, know that. Let, let that sink in. So when you get your screening test, do it. Let's do everything that we can to get that up from 33%. And if you're under 50 and you're not, uh, receiving the government uh, sample kit, please, for 40 bucks, just just go and do it. Just go and do it. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, Nick, again, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for your time uh, and sharing uh, your story today. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I've said all along with uh, why I started this program is I've, I've had the I've had the pleasure of interviewing some amazing uh, individuals who've had some wonderful well when I say wonderful some some powerful stories and my logic behind it was if I can impact one person's life by doing a program it's been worth it and if we can save one person by not going through what you had to go through and what Jody dealt with and certainly what my family have dealt with, this has been an outstanding success uh, as a program. Nick, again, I thank you very, very, very much for your time uh, and sharing your story. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today has been Nick Lee, who is the chairman and founder of the Jody Lee Foundation and is doing an amazing job uh, educating people around bowel cancer and saving their lives. Until next time, my name is Con. I am the Conversationalist. Uh, and again, thanks for your time, Nick. Thanks, Con. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of A Cuppa with a Conversationalist. To join in next time, follow or subscribe. And for more information about my coaching and workshops, visit my website at www.concuticus.com.